Welcome to the Nuggets, Inc. podcast presented by Avaca TV, a proud sponsor of the Denver Nuggets and Colorado Avalanche, and the most affordable option in Colorado to watch regional sports. For just $25 a month, subscribers can access Avs, Nuggets, Rapids, and Rockies games anywhere via their phones, tablets, or laptops. We got a big show today, less than 24 hours after the Nuggets lost their home opener in Utah. We're going to talk about what went right. A couple things that went right. What went wrong? Uh, There's a lot of things that went wrong. And then we're going to answer your questions via Twitter. All sorts of stuff. Of course, everybody wants to know about Zeke and other things. All that and more coming up next. And we're back for another edition of Nuggets Inc. Podcast. One game into the season, one loss for the Nuggets. Went to the Utah Jazz and lost 123 to 102. Ouch! Our own Mike Singer was there. Mike, tell us what'd you think? Uh, a little bit of a lackluster start to the season. A little bit. I think. Uh, I think everyone was uh, a little bit dumbfounded how they came out. The first half was a an embarrassing, uh, awful display of effort. The rebounding uh, was just a, an abomination. I think, uh, I, and this is this is accurate. Jared Vanderbilt had twelve rebounds in the first half. Correct. The Nuggets, the Nuggets had eleven rebounds total as a team. Oh, Jared Vanderbilt annihilated. Uh, his former team on the boards. And the worst part about it is, from the Nuggets perspective, is that Michael Malone told his team about it at shoot-around. He reinforced the message in the locker room pregame, and they still got punked on the glass. So, um, to me, that is a, I mean, Malone, did, he, he told them the priorities. He laid out what the Utah Jazz were going to do. They were going to be relentless on the glass. They can hit you from three. They're going to play hard. And this, like, let's just call a spade a spade. And I know that this is just one game. So, you know, let's not overreact. But I have seen this version or this um, kind of th- th- this approach from the Nuggets over the last few years where they play down to teams. Uh, they think that they're going to have, I, I mean, I don't want to assume that they thought they were going to have an easy game, but they didn't show up um, for the first two quarters. And, it, and it, I mean, you, you go down 24 uh, with a few minutes left in the first half. You're down 22 at halftime. I don't care how good a defense you play in the second half. You're not coming back on the road against pretty much any team in the NBA. So they dug themselves this hole. Um and it was funny. I was joking with some other reporters before the game. They said, "What you know? What's your prediction? What's your prediction?" I was like, "You know, I could see them losing to the Jazz and then going to the Warriors on Friday and beating the defending champions." That's how that's how Jekyll and Hyde this team I think can be um, at the start of seasons. All right, so we're just going to go through and uh, with your first impressions on this game, we're going to give some thumbs up. We're going to give some thumbs down. Yeah. There's some thumbs up. We got, there's some things to be happy about. I think yes. pretty sure. Uh, so first one, thumbs up. What do you got? Uh, thumbs up. I mean, Jamal Murray rolled his ankle. There was a bit of a uh, hushed uh, tone uh, across press row comes back in a few minutes later. He's all good. 
I don't care what Jamal Murray uh, ended up doing last night. I, I do. I, I mean, five for thirteen. Points. 12 points, 5 for 13, 1 assist. Like, th- this this version was not a very refined, uh, polished version of Jamal Murray. And anybody who expected otherwise, um, uh, you're a little bit... Uh, you're crazy. Uh, I-, I don't know what you're smoking. But, um, no, it's legal here, so I think we know. Okay, then, then smoke away. <laughs> um, but, look... It should be noted also... There, I, hold on, but I just want to interrupt because we didn't address this on the top uh mike singer is in the bay area right now so uh it's legal where he's at as well um and we are this is a two time zone podcast today i am in my home uh in denver proper uh mike are you in the city of san francisco i'm in i'm in san francisco uh i'm in um i'm in uh the tenderloin i'm staying in the oh yikes oh it gets a little a little dicey around there we, we, we like to live on the edge here. So, um, look, to see Jamal back after 18 months, he – I wrote about it last night. He, you couldn't erase the smile from his face. He was so happy. He didn't care that, you know, he had, he had a couple air balls on floaters. He, he didn't care that his reads were slow and that the pace was too frenetic for him. It didn't, it didn't matter. None of that stuff mattered. He, he, like, he had not even played into the second half yet. Uh, given his hamstring tweak in the preseason. And so to go from that to 26 minutes, uh, had some really, really athletic plays um, where in the third quarter, he, he jumps into a passing lane, kickstarts a transition three to, to uh, Michael Porter Jr. Um, and, and then also the Jazz, I, I think, stole one of his passes and he bolts down uh, on a defensive transition opportunity and, and like a really athletic contest like timely jump where you know given the last time we saw him make an athletic move like that when he put so much pressure on his leg we all know what happened so to see him do that without hesitation um was just was just you know it was just nice it was pleasant it was it was i was happy to see that there there wasn't that hesitation in his game which i i did kind of expect to be honest with you um well, so, he, I, I would think it would be fair to say he looked a little lethargic, laboring at some times, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when he, we asked him about his conditioning after the game, he was like, oh, yeah, I was tired. Like, tired, tired is what he said. And so, and he was really honest. He was, he was just, he was giddy. He was smiling after the game. And he said, you know, I, I never smile after losses. And I, and I said, Jamal, this one's a little bit different. He goes, I know. And so he conceded that, that you know, the fact that he got out of that game healthy, um, feeling good. Yes, he's going to have to ice his ankle. Cool. Uh, is a huge thumbs up, a huge win. Uh, it's going to be a slow build. Him and Joker, him and him and MPJ. Um, but there were flashes. I mean, the sec- his second basket of the game was a transition layup where I, he shook, I think it was Colin Sexton, um, at the free throw line and, and soared in for like a smooth layup. And you're, and you're just like, man, like, Jamal has like an extra gear there that, that I wasn't really ready to see until, you know, December or January. So, um, and maybe that's the difference between an 18 month recovery and one that takes around a year. He's obviously at the year and a half mark, um, and and is maybe further along than people are ready, uh, ready for, but, um, this is NBA basketball. It's going to take time. So, uh, just to see Jamal back out on the court, uh, smiling, engaging with his, with teammates and, and being able to contribute, um, was, was definitely, uh, a joy to see. Yeah, I, I think you can say that it's it's different playing 
five on five in a practice gym and then getting on a court where people are blowing whistles and keeping score and all that and there's fans around that the the amount of energy that it takes to exert in that situation you're you're just going to have to do several of those before it becomes uh, a normal again for sure and he's in a hostile environment um they're, you know, they're, they're raining three pointers. I'm sure they got reamed out at halftime. Uh, you're down by 22 points. Like if he was, you know, in some kind of insulated bubble, um, in over those first two quarters, for whatever reason, as he's, you know, working his way back, uh, I promise you, Michael Malone popped that bubble, uh, at halftime because that they were alarmingly bad. Um, on defense, just overall as a team, second unit was discombobulated. Uh, you know, there were so many just defensive lapses. Uh, you mentioned on the boards, they were getting hammered. The turnovers were terrible. Um, nobody was free of blame, starters included. Oh, there was a, and- there was a play where Jokic uh, on an offensive rebound had his back turned, and then he just sort of casually turned around as, uh, I believe – I believe uh, it was Jared Vanderbilt just swooped in, grabbed it right in front of his face, and put it back. Yeah, I mean that was um, a, ooh, that was a that was tough to watch. I mean, like if you want to limit Jared Vanderbilt, you probably need to put Porter and and Joker on him uh, to limit him on the offensive glass. His effort is astounding. Just got to put uh, a body. Yes, you got to put a body in, and like he's long, he's gangly. This is his lane. This is what he does. He killed the Nuggets last year with the Timberwolves. Um, I don't know if Jared Vanderbilt has a grudge against the Nuggets, but um, he plays like he does. Uh, one dude who definitely has a grudge against the Nuggets uh, is <laughs> old friend, uh, old friend Malik Beasley. Um, hits a few three pointers. Uh, one in particular in the fourth quarter, shimmies for a good five seconds. Not 10, 15 feet away from uh, uh, his former coach, uh, Coach Michael Malone. And Michael Malone did not even even offer. Uh, he didn't even like tilt his head to the right to acknowledge what it was. He stared straight ahead and would not give Beasley the time of day um, as he's kind of dancing. I, I mean, essentially dancing on their graves in this season opener. And an uh, extended stare down. Extended. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Malik, Malik has a little bit of something, something to him. Um, and I asked uh, Jamal after the game about it and I said, you know, did, did he have any encouraging words for you just because, uh, you know, he was one of your boys back, back when you guys were both, um, in the backcourt and he goes, no, but he had some extra words for us. <laughs> and he goes, and he goes, uh, I'm glad. And Jamal goes, I'm glad he got it off his chest. Um, <laughs> So everyone, I guess, kind of knows that uh, that Malik has a little bit of a gripe um, with uh, with his former head coach and, and, you know, the lack of lack of opportunity that he really got here. But, um, you know, Malik is just part of this this kind of up and coming hungry Utah jazz team that, like I I mentioned earlier, if you overlook them or if you don't play hard. Uh, they are a feisty bunch, and the Nuggets are going to see them three more times this year. So um, I promise you, Michael Malone is going to remind them of this beatdown uh, on at least several more occasions. I have a feeling that there's a few of these Jazz players that will be getting traded between now and the trade deadline. Yeah, I mean, 
they, yeah, they will be Clarkson going going to be there no he's not they will be going in full tank mode here i i bolt that they will enter the tank within the end of december is my guess yeah i mean will hardy's making his nba coaching debut if you gave danny Ainge some truth serum does he want will hardy to win his first game or does he want the jazz to lose and just set a precedent <laughs> if only we could ask uh danny that <laughs> all right so let's get to some thumbs down there's many uh, from the first game, and it is only the first game. Let's just keep that in mind. There's 81 more of these left. But that being said, thumbs down, Mike. What's the first? Um, from a from kind of a bigger picture perspective, the thumbs down was the whole second unit. Uh, it was just there was no shape, there was no movement, there was no energy, no flow. They come in end of the second quarter, start or, or end of the first quarter, start of the second quarter, and they just get blasted. Um, the Nuggets got outscored 38 to 23 in the second quarter. That second unit uh, on opening night was Bones, Bruce Brown, Davon Reed, Jeff Green, and uh, I think everybody's favorite, DeAndre Jordan. Now, it was, I mean, it it, kind of highlighted all the things that we've talked about with bones. Um, The idea that they're putting a lot of pressure on him as the primary ball handler, as the primary scorer, not a lot of creation in that lineup. Um, And when you put, when you empower bones or embolden bones in that position, there's the potential that he's going to force it. And bones forced it last night and um, for some of his shots, for some of his passes, uh, and just was really not sharp in, I mean, look, three assists, two turnovers, minus nine in 16 minutes. Um, so, and it wasn't just offensively, man. When Colin Sexton uh, lined up against Bones Highland or engineered a mismatch, and he went at Bones. And so Bones is going to have to realize that there is a, a little bit of, he has a little bit of a reputation as um, a, a defensive target, and he's certainly within his power to change that, but there were multiple occasions where the Jazz targeted him, went right at him, and, I mean, like, it contributed to that second unit just just bottoming out. Um, and, and part of the problem is that there's a lot of pressure on that on that second unit offense to score when DeAndre Jordan is your defensive anchor. Because if you're not going to be stopping anybody defensively, then you damn sure better be scoring. And there just became like this, this, like this pressure mounting on both ends. And I mean, look, it's going to take weeks for that second unit to gel. But first, Michael Malone needs to settle on who his second unit is because in the second half, they went small. They went Jeff Green as the center. Um, they had Davon in there. They had Bruce Brown. They had KCP, the, the lone holdover from the starters, and Bones playing there. Um, and, and I mean, it went marginally better, but like again, the, the rebounding um, and the glass. For whatever reason, Michael Malone did not play Zeke Naji last night. One of the stars of the preseason. Um, he has deemed. He has said that they have two backup fives. Uh, and, and it might be on a platoon basis or a matchup basis. Okay, um, if uh, if that set the precedent for 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 DeAndre Jordan against the Jazz, I am very curious what will warrant a, a Zeke Naji appearance uh, as the as the season kicks off. It should be noted, 
every single Nuggets player played except for Zeke. There's one DNP coach's decision on there. Zeke. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's not like DeAndre Jordan played 25 minutes. He no, played no. Six minutes. He played six, but I mean, didn't we learn from last year that Jeff Green isn't really a five? I felt like uh, we learned that. Uh, maybe you and I learned that. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, you know, he, he was trying to, Malone was trying to switch things up and he, he, he accepted blame. He said the starters, uh, you know, were underwhelming. The bench unit was obviously underwhelming. There was blame to, to be cast around all over the place. And, um, look, he's going to have to speak to the Zeke Najee question. Uh, we did not ask him that, uh, post game. But he's going to have to speak to it as they go up against the Warriors on on Friday. Uh, Zeke had a really good camp. He he is a big body who can rebound. I mean, the problem with DeAndre Jordan is that, yes, he can get you a few defensive rebounds and siphon off a few possessions. But on pick and rolls, he cannot get out in space. And Jared Vanderbilt was running circles around DeAndre Jordan in his six minutes. I mean, DeAndre Jordan played six minutes and was a minus 13. That is that is alarming, um, th- th- just that ratio. So, uh, I mean, he's get, Michael Malone's going to need to tinker with that second unit. And the other option is, do you want to get Bones off the ball? How about we see Ish Smith, who set an NBA record last night, appearing for his 13th NBA franchise. How about we give Ish Smith the ball and, and let him engineer uh, engineer the offense and pick up the pace? Um, so I think that there is, there, this is a fluid situation. Uh, and last night clearly wasn't it. And I mean, if Michael Malone's honest with himself, he, he knows that that, that initial pairing that, that did not look good and that did not work. All right. Well, I feel like we went over a few of the thumbs up already. Few, I'm sorry. Thumbs down already rebounding effort defense is there anything else you feel like needs to be mentioned yeah i mean michael porter hit 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 a couple um big shots that were encouraging to see i thought his defensive engagement picked up significantly in the second half um he had two rebounds uh going into halftime when they're just getting obliterated on the boards i promise you that when michael malone is emphasizing and underscoring and highlighting the rebounding at halftime um, whether he says Michael Porter Jr. by name or not, uh, that message is landing with Michael Porter. The, the third quarter comes around. He hits the glass. He's, he's ending defensive possessions. He hit the floor, forced the jump ball. I'm sitting, I'm sitting on press row, and Porter hits the deck, forces a jump ball. The entire Nuggets second, the entire bench unit stands up and starts applauding his effort. Um, he comes around on the weak side and looked like he blocked – uh, Walker Kessler, they ended up calling a, a foul on it, which I don't think it was, but it was a huge effort play that again, the bench stood up in unison and applauded his effort. So, um, I think Porter, I, I think he tried hard in the, in the second half in particular, um, a- after Michael Malone kind of laid down the message. Uh, and the other guy that I, that I think really, really just soared yesterday AG. was, um, was AG. I mean, We've been saying it, man. He is going to eat as the power forward. How many? How many just duck down dunks did did Nikola Jokic find him for? At least three or four. 
and like his life is about to get so much easier. And so all the criticism that he that was heaped on him last year because he was playing out of position. I mean, he is going to look excellent as the four as the fourth option in this offense. Um, and then Joker, you know, wrist looks okay. 12 of 17, 27 points. Uh, even though the Utah Jazz PA announcer introduced him as <laughs> Nikola Djokovic, swear to God, I was. This is this. It's unbelievable. I mean, do you think what, this it, on it purpose, was, or, or or he actually did not know Nikola Jokic's last name? I mean, maybe if he's two-time a three-time MVP, MVP th- maybe if he's a three-time MVP, he'd get it right. But two-time. Yeah, you're you're open to interpretation. <laughs> yeah, AG looked great. Um, I got a question for you. How is KCP only getting up three shots in 35 minutes? It's a great question. Um, KCP, his shooting rhythm is not good right now. Like he, in the preseason, he had a lot of open looks created by Joker, and he wasn't hitting them. Um, he had a couple open looks last night that I expected him to hit. He, he did not connect. Now you ask yourself, why did he play 35 minutes? Well, um, he had six assists and two steals and he was swarming and a block. Uh, Jordan. He, he was swarming Jordan Clarkson. He is such a, a kind of feisty opportunistic defender where he'll just put his hand in the passing lane or swipe down hard on a dribbler. And he will kickstart, uh, transition opportunities just just with the way he plays defense so um look two points 35 35 minutes that doesn't really matter in Michael Malone's eyes if you are playing the kind of defense that he did and especially when you have you know three offensive um pillars that you can trust to score points I mean if it's not apparent this team needs good defenders if you are a good defender uh, you will be on the court uh, in the early going of this season. That's why Bruce Brown played 21 minutes by far the most of any guy in the second unit. Um, Bruce Brown's going to have a lot of crossover with the starting unit just because of his versatility. He can play the ones, certainly can spell Jamal Murray a little bit uh, as Jamal's getting his legs under him. Um, Bruce Brown is exactly what we thought he was. You wind him up and unleash him, and he causes uh, chaos. Uh, on defense, and I think it's it's that good chaos that uh, that Malone enjoys. So again, if you can play defense, man, this is what they need right now. Stop at the point of attack, be physical, get in the passing lanes, and they'll figure everything else out after that. Yeah, I, back to KCP. It isn't. I mean, the defense was great. That no no qualms at all there, and obviously that's the thing that makes him most valuable. But the idea is like, is it possible that he's just sort of not on the same page, not in the right areas to get the looks that happen when other guys get double teamed, when, when, you know, the offense is working. No, he's, he's actually Joker said KCP is, is the one guy who happens to always be in the right spot. And Joker was like, it's kind of amazing that nobody's told him. Um, and he's just not hitting him. I will say though, there was a ridiculous pass that Nikola Jokic threw in the first quarter. One of those like, blind shoulder heaves to uh, KCP in the corner and the pass was not perfect. I think it was high. Um, and, but KCP did not look ready for it either. Like that was <laughs> one of those ones where it was like, uh, I think you gotta, <laughs> there's gotta be a grace period here where, uh, before KCP knows that, you know, if he's not paying attention, he's going to catch one to the face. Right. Yeah. It, 
a guy goes out for three. That's that's not alarming in the sense that you know people miss shots. It's that he only takes three. You know, in thirty five minutes. Outside yeah. of that, like it, uh, you know, all of this stuff takes time. Um, it, and certainly, he's the one new guy in that starting lineup. Unless you're counting, of course, new Jamal Murray wasn't around last year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think there was. I, I do think there were some positives if you can look past the um, the pasting that uh that the jazz put on the nuggets over the first two quarters i do think there were some positives a lot of them pertain to injury stuff um and you know until the nuggets prove otherwise i need i want to see them play uh not play to teams as levels and that means playing up to got up to teams and getting up for golden state and boston and you know the elite teams in the west um I, you know, I will change my opinion of the Nuggets when they can consistently bank on the effort that, uh, that the effort that shows up on the court, regardless of who their opponent is. Because I have not seen that in several seasons, um, and you know, it's it's that's a pretty damning criticism, but I but I think it's a fair criticism. Is they oftentimes overlook teams or just don't? I don't I don't know if it's a respect thing, but. You know, th- th- that was an alarming uh, first half and indicative of something that they weren't ready to play. Right. And, and really the second quarter more than anything else. The second quarter, what a meltdown that was. Sure. But, I mean, Utah also had 37 in the first. Sure. So. Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. Followed it up with 38. Um, so, all right. We're, uh, we're going to take a quick break here, uh, pay the bills, and then come back with uh, questions. Mike got a lot of questions on Twitter, so we're going to address those. So be back in a second. The Nuggets, Inc. podcast is presented by Avaca TV, a proud sponsor of the Denver Nuggets and Colorado Avalanche and the most affordable option in Colorado to watch regional sports. For just $25 a month, subscribers can access Avs, Nuggets, Rapids, and yes, even Rockies games anywhere via their phones, tablets, or laptops. Avaca also offers dedicated channels for college athletics in Colorado, including CSU, DU, Northern Colorado, and Metro State. As one Twitter user aptly said, it's like the Netflix of Colorado sports. There are no contracts, and subscribers can pause or cancel at any time. Sign up at avaca.tv. Before we did this podcast, Michael Singer, Mike Singer, sorry, it's Michael All Malone. Good. It's Michael Malone, Mike Singer. Uh, did a call out on Twitter for questions, and we got a bunch of them. I'm just going to rip right through all of them. Uh, the first one, it, it's just a gif. It's not really a question. Um, so we're, we're going to go past that one. But but Najee, by nature, we love you on Twitter. Uh, you're, you're a favorite for sure. Um, John Stamps. CU Stamps is the handle. I'm curious what Zeke's path to playing time is. Is it matchup based? Is it certain things he needs to do better? Maybe screaming, screening, or is it about giving the vet the first opportunity? It's definitely screaming. He needs to scream more. <laughs> um, so uh, you know, we've kind of alluded to this that I, I think that Michael Malone is going to lean on what uh, on what is a proven commodity first. Um, and that is a, a DeAndre Jordan. I think he's going to give him, and it's not the right of first refusal, but he's going to give him the first opportunity to win the job. When it becomes obvious or apparent that 
um, he, he's not holding down the job, then I think that that that, cra- that cracks the door open for Zeke. Uh, how? Everything... Wait, hold on. Just to interject my own question here. How long is that? How long does it take to, to make that uh, declaration? I mean, that could change. We could see Zeke Naji on Friday against the Warriors, uh, especially if the rebounding disparity is like it is. I mean, you know, it against the Warriors in particular, you need to be able to switch. And DeAndre Jordan's not doing a lot of switching. So, I, you know, maybe the defensive versatility of Zeke helps um, in, in terms of getting him onto the court. Uh, to your point earlier, man, he didn't even play in the season opener. Uh, but... I mean, this Michael Malone is kind of a stickler. He, you know, this is generally what what he does. I remember uh, I, in one of the earlier episodes, I said, um, regardless of who quote unquote deserves to be playing, um, I can almost predict that DeAndre and Davon Reed are going to be the initial backup three and five, uh, just because he knows them better. And 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 the counter argument is, well, Zeke's been on the team for. You know, three seasons. How does he not know Zeke? Again, I think he will defer to the veterans. I, I think it's a lot easier to say this guy did not hold down a job, and therefore we're going to play a younger guy as opposed to going it at it the opposite direction. So, um, I mean, look, Michael Malone does not like losing games. He certainly doesn't like losing games uh, handedly to the Utah Jazz. Uh, He's not that loyal. He cares a lot more about winning than he, than he does about loyalty. Um, so, you know, as they're preparing for the Warriors, as they prepare for Saturday at uh, against Oklahoma City in the home opener, uh, I think I, I would be I would be very surprised if we didn't see Zeke in the next two games. All right, all right. Next up, Joel Morin. And if I mispronounce your your name, uh, don't take it personally. All right, I mispronounce everybody's name, Joel. And it's Joel. It's at Joel Morin, by the way, on Twitter. In case you were wanted to follow this guy. How did you get a prime role in the TSN Jamal comeback video? And how soon before we lose you to a big TV network? Lastly, hold on. We got, we got another question here. Lastly, is there any hope your boss will ever pronounce Monte Morris's name right? I just did. I just did. <laughs> okay, we got half the question done. Nice. <laughs> um. The, the Jamal Murray comeback uh, come, comeback story broke an arrow on TSN. Uh, the, the backstory to that is we actually filmed that in April. We filmed that five, six months ago um, because in anticipation of the chance that Jamal Murray was going to return for the postseason, they had to make that. Um, I know that Roger Murray was heavily involved but in, FYI, in that production. FYI, uh, I didn't even know this existed until like, I don't know, a day ago. So that yeah. that's how well our guy kept it under wraps. Well, I mean, six months ago, you kind of forget about it. I'm like, okay. Uh, I did end up reaching out to the producer uh, several days before it came out uh, just to ask w- what the status was. Um, I know that Jamal, Jamal loved it. He, he, he watched it. He shared it. He, you know, I haven't had a chance to talk with Jamal about it. Um, all I'm going to tell him is I'm happy I didn't screw it up. That was uh, that was my the, the low bar I was trying to achieve, and it, I mean it was really cool. I've never been part of like any kind of documentary type piece like that. Um, but well pressed suit, I must say. I mean that was you were looking dapper. 
I even shaved that morning. It was a uh, it was a it was a special day in the Singer household. <laughs> so are we are we losing into Canada? Is that what are you going to head up to the Great North? Yeah, uh, I, I'll be uh, I'll be up in Canada uh, within the month. Uh, <laughs> if you can't find me, uh, just just keep an eye on TSN. <laughs> All right. Next up, this is from Patrick Rasmussen, um, and in pen- in parenthetical here. Rope on fire, link in bio. I don't know what that means. Just, just, just get to the question. <laughs> I, I just going through these things. All right. Does the message from Coach Malone require more nuance? Creating offense from defense works great for guys like Brown and KCP, but much like the Warriors, Denver's five most gifted players improved defensively as a result of offensive momentum. Got to be able to adapt to personnel. Um, I mean, there's a lot of layers to that. Uh, Like I said, Michael Malone was pretty clear in his message uh, that they are going to hammer us on the glass. Uh, Two hours later, they hammered them on the glass uh, and they did not they did not handle that well or or heed that message. Um, And then in terms of just, you know, uh, defense to offense. The defense is going to be a work in progress. They need to work as a, as a five-man unit. Um, and I'm not just talking KCP and Bruce Brown, who are good individual defenders. Um, MPJ and Bones Highland need to work within a team construct. And, and so everybody can kind of grow and evolve in that lane. And so it's going to take time for, for those guys to thrive on both ends of the floor. As um, that as that defensive unit kind of galvanizes and gels, uh, I think Porter's play is going to to take off, and and we're going to see a lot more of those two way uh, that two way capability that everyone's like, is, is it ever going to come? Um, wait, wait, so, wait, hold on, two way capability. Is he going to be less of a defensive mark? I saw Michael Porter on the ground last night. That's true. Diving for loose balls. I saw him hustling on closeouts. And I saw him uh, uh, defending the rim in terms of in terms of that block on Walker Kessler. So effort. I don't know. So we're talking effort here. We're talking effort, defense to offense. Um, it is going to be a staple of of. I mean, it is non negotiable. Uh, playing hard should be non negotiable. However, last night it was, and Michael Malone let his team know it. So does the messaging need to be better? I don't know. Uh, most high schoolers understand that you need to play hard. And when you're being paid millions of dollars, you also need to play hard. Um, what about, what about what Patrick says here, which is essentially like leaning into offense, leaning into, we are an offensive team. Is Michael Malone capable of being that sort of coach? That seems like that would offend every fiber of Michael Malone's being. I mean, no, he says he knows he needs to play to his strengths, and his strengths is, is one of the most gifted offensive players in basketball history and two really good uh, sidekicks. So um, how can you make the defense work around that construct? That That's his goal. And so a top-five defense, that, that's far-fetched. I don't think that's going to happen. I mm. think top seven, top eight, like they don't have an Just elite. top ten is good enough. Sure, but they don't have like an elite. They don't have like a Jimmy Butler. They don't have a Kawhi Leonard. They don't have like half the guys on the Toronto Raptors. Um, you know, this is this is a team 
uh, construct. And so maybe that tops out at, at six or seven. Um, but uh, it's an interesting question. Does he need to adapt a little bit? Um, I don't know. My man's pretty set in his ways. So I don't know if you noticed that Canada got another shout out from Mike Singer. <laughs> That's... I told you I'm laying the groundwork. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, we got B here, which is at the skin nugget. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this is another Zeke question. What does Zeke need to improve to earn a rotation spot? We kind of went over that, I think, right? Yeah, we did. All right. All right. So next up, Greg L. At Greg L. 323. What, if anything, can be done slash scheme to prevent Jokic from being isolated on the perimeter with a speedier guard? And I, I, I'm pretty sure I know what he's referring to here. There was a play where he just got cooked uh, by Colin Sexton. No shame in that. Right. And so what preceded that was a quick outlet from the Utah Jazz and Jokic was so deep in the post that he ends up being the last guy back on defense and stuck on an island with Colin Sexton. How do you prevent that? I mean, that's an unfortunate that's an unfortunate kind of sequence of events. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> that is going to happen. But um let's also be honest. Um the every opposing team scout is going to say uh attack Jokic, put him in pick and roll, create mismatches. Joker is a good defender. He had three steals last night based on anticipation alone. Um, he's not a great defender when you put him on a guard. Like, it's, you know, he tries to get in their airspace, but, like, it's not going to work. Most times it's not going to work. I think he was the – I think um, he's the one who Malik Beasley shot that three over uh, just because he's not going to stick with guards. So – how do you combat that? You need physical. You need you need guys fighting through screens. You need need guys to not concede those screens. Um, and you also need opportunistic players, like I mentioned, like KCP and Bruce Brown, guys who can jump the routes, guys who can anticipate it, and guys who can protect Joker um, when they're trying to target him. So yes, I know that 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 play got a ton of you know a, a ton of publicity. Just because Colin Sexton is is ramping up like a bull and is you know going downhill at Joker, like mismatches happen, man. Um, Great showmanship you know. from Sexton, by the way, on that play. Yeah, and like Joker's gonna have. I mean, Joker made everyone look like a mismatch last night. Lowry Markinen is one of the most like muscle m- muscular muscularly defined players in the NBA, and Joker punked him. He put him, he just put him in like a blender every time and backed him down. Like he was not, you know, a, 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 a built forward. Yeah. Like the jazz clearly is. have nobody who can guard him by the way. Yeah. So, uh, mismatches are going to happen. Uh, can you protect them? It, it, it takes, it takes anticipation. It takes effort on the other guys' part, not just Joker's part, but on the guys who don't, who fight through those switches or who blow up those screens. I mean, Bruce Brown will lower your shoulder, uh, will lower his shoulder into guys' chest, and, and, and that will inhibit those, those switches. So uh, it's a concerted effort on, you know, everybody's part, and, and that's essentially how to avoid, you know, how you kind of combat those mismatches, which, by the way, they're going to go at Bones. And they're going to go at MPJ, too. So if that becomes an ethos of the team, it's probably a good thing. Maybe tr- 
trapping screens too, like uh, you know, having a hard show from Nikoa so that it basically it gums up the play and so there's just a quick run back. To Could be. Sure. Could be, and, and and that I think is a timing thing where they they probably trust uh, Nicola to make those reads on his own. Um, on other on other times, maybe Malone calls for it and just says, "Hey, we're going to be ultra aggressive here. We're going to you know force the guy to kick it back, uh, and, and it's going to mess up all the timing of everything." Like you said, um, y- yes, those are definitely the counters. Uh, but I mean, welcome to NBA basketball. They ex- expose weaknesses and. Joker on a guard is a weakness. All right. We got our next question. This is from KP Sport at Kev Parr, 23. Shout out to Michael Jordan with the 23. Can Bones ever get a regular 30 minutes on the floor, and can he become a 20-point-per-game player? Also, how weak is he defensively, and what's his defensive ceiling? My opinion, and this is K Sport's opinion, is that with more minutes He'd quickly grow into a very good scorer, but his lack of minutes skies his progress. Yeah, I mean, we talked about we talked about Bones's Bones's tough night. I mean, it kind of spiraled on both ends. Um, one thing that I remember Tim Connolly telling me is that uh, one of the reasons they were so confident in Bones uh, as a prospect is that he is hyper competitive, and even though he does, he's not like built like a Colin Sexton, he, he cares. And so when he competes, he's engaged, he sits down and guards, um, you know, he, he cares to be, to not be a defensive liability. And that's maybe the first step. Um, he's got to get stronger. He needs to gamble less. He like, I always see him take poor angles on screens when he, when he's getting screened, he'll like dart ahead of the screen trying to like cut off a side but then let a driving lane like open up a driving lane and so he needs to gamble less i know he has long arms and likes to get into the passing lanes but like just play sound defense in that team construct um stay in front of your guy and you will immediately be a better a more improved defender if you just you know emphasize just, just sticking to him and staying in front of him that that that's step one um and offensively, I don't think it's outlandish that he can be a 20-point-per-game scorer. Um, but defensively, if he can't stay on the floor, then that will be limited. So um, Bones has all the potential in the world, and I think he's going to have a huge runway to, to kind of grow this year. Uh, but it, it's obvious that he needs to get better defensively. And, you know, I don't know who a good comp is. I know everybody likes Emmanuel quickly. Um, but, but, like, I'm watching Colin Sexton, and I'm just like – if you got a, just like, you know, 10, 15% stronger, why can't you just be as physical as he is and get into people? Like once Bones gets stronger, man, he, he could be a force, but he just he, he, he needs to be a little bit a, a little bit less, um, you know, aggressive in, in trying to just blow stuff up because most most often than not, it helps just to stay home. Um, and I bet you that's a message that they're reinforcing with him. I I think it it would be safe to say that he is at least somewhat capped by his size, right? That he's just not a big, tall guy, and that caps kind of his ceiling a little bit defensively. Now, granted, Marcus Smart was just named Defensive Player of the Year, but that guy's also built like a tank. Um, I I don't know if if he can get to be that big. It's just his frame, everything like that. 
Um, but outside of that, yeah, it, certainly just learning better technique um, yeah. is going to make him a better defender. Yeah, I mean, 6'3", long wingspan, um, good athlete. Like, there's a lot there. Uh, he's just got to get a little bit stronger and gamble a little bit less. Um, and, and then I think he can be uh, more reliable. 30 minutes a game off the bench, do you think that's something that would ever happen? Uh, I think that those two ideas do not mesh. I think you're getting 30 minutes a game if you're a starter. Right. Uh, he might need to be content with 20 to 23 uh, this season, uh, Mr. Highland. <laughs> All right, next up we got Raj. Uh, I would do his handle, but there's way too many numbers. Joker had a good offensive game, but was terrible on defense. Would anyone ever say that publicly? I mean, I couldn't disagree more. Uh, I, I mean, he's he he had three steals. He's reading. Uh, he's reading the defense. He's swiping them and and kickstarting transition breaks like. I mean, he was on a highlight though. He was on a highlight where, where he got taken to the hole. Cool. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, you watch enough basketball, everyone's going to be put on a poster, or put in a highlight. Correct. I do not think Joker is a bad defender. Uh, uh, and guess what? We're saying it publicly. So, um, I don't really like the premise of the question. <laughs> All right. Next up. Uh, this is from Fritz at Horatio Ella Fritz. Does the offense without Joker, Joker, I do a soft J there, have a game plan at all? Maybe a scheme, even a handful of plays, possibly an identity? No, they don't have an identity yet. Uh, yeah, that's, there's is, no doubt about that. They don't have an identity. You need to decide who's going to be your center. You need to decide who's going to be your three. Uh, is it Christian or is it Davon? They they do different things uh, well, but they and with some overlapping skill set. But like you know, Bruce Brown has played a little bit with the starters, played some with Bones. Like there is a lot of people in and out. Jeff Green, do we trust him as a three point shooter? Not really. Uh, can he still put you on a poster? Yes. Like they are just a total, just a, a shapeless uh, group of talent at this point. Um, and I don't even know which five guys are in that second unit. So, uh, no, there is no identity. It makes Bones' job just a little bit harder in, in being the sixth man and, and running that offense. Um, so, I mean, I guess we're going to have to be patient. Um, and that's, that's the, only, uh, it's the only thing I can say on that. And this is, you know, this is what we said. It's going to be a work in progress with Bones running the show. I, let me uh, interject a uh, prediction here uh, that I have. At some point during this season, and it may only be for 10, 15 games, there's going to be a point where the second unit will be defined by a buzzy, fast, quick, great passing-ish Smith. That he will he will turn the second unit into this fast-paced sort of tornado that will, yeah. that will really overwhelm opponents for some period of time. I think that will happen. Yeah, I mean, what happened last year when Fa before Faku was dropped from the rotation, they didn't have a ton of identity and were always losing leads or getting pounded in the non-Joker minutes. Uh, Bones Highland takes over, and they do have some sort of identity. Um, so, yes, give, give this team kind of a, an engine, and that might be Ish, because uh, Ish is really good at setting guys up 
Um, and, and Malone has said, quote, speed kills. Uh, when asked specifically about pairing those two together, I think we're going to see it um, against, I mean, you'd have to play against smaller lineups, but um, I think we're going to see it. Uh, I just, I just want to know who's playing the five. That's all I'm curious about. <laughs> all right. Next up. Oh, Kendall Hinton for MVP. Uh, oh, got, got to love anybody who's a Kendall Hinton fan. That's uh, that shows you're a good person. And uh, the handle is at King Oland baby at King Oland baby. Oh, oh, it's an ish question. Will ish get any playing time other than injuries? Really surprised. We didn't see him more after his great preseason. Yes, it's it's just what we said. He's uh he you know, he's going to be I think he's going to be a calming force for that group, which is going to be in flux for a while. So I, I definitely think that we're going to see him and Malone values him and the players respect him. Um, this is not a Faku Compazzo experiment. This is a tenured NBA player um, who can still score and is still among the fastest guys on the team. So uh, resounding. Yes. Ken- Kindle. Shout out to uh, Faku for getting a contract with the Dallas Mavericks, by the way. Way to go. Nice way job. to go, Faku. <laughs> All right. That, that's for our, uh, if we still have them, our uh, Argentinian listeners uh, to the podcast. I know we used to have a few. Yeah. They might have left us, though. <laughs> they, they, might. they might They might be on to bigger and better things uh, in Texas. Next up, Dwayne Camacho. At Dwayne Camacho 88 is the handle. Is there a way for Nuggets fans to credibly blame one or all of Wilson Hackett? Let's ride for last night's game. Oh, my God. Let's, uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you read it uh, by my colleague, Mark, Mark Kisla, but uh, we, we talked to uh, Michael Porter Jr. yesterday. He says he's friends with uh, Russell Wilson. So I, that was, a, uh, that was an eye opener. I didn't, I didn't think that I'd read that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I need to ask more about it, and it might be from the Seattle connection. Um, sure, yeah. But uh, I don't know. If a uh, – the transitive property of uh, Seattle, uh, sure, I think we can blame uh, Wilson Hackett and let's ride. And by the way, did, did you see this Russell Wilson Subway commercial? Oh, my Pain- God, yes. <laughs> yes, I did. Everything this dude does is painful. I'm, I'm just, I just do not get him. Former Wisconsin Badger, by the way. Yeah, who, who goes to that school? <laughs> There's a lot of stench coming off of that Broncos club right now. So if some of it did waft over to Ball Arena, I wouldn't, I wouldn't throw that out. That's certainly a possibility. Yes. Um, but anyway, man, um, I feel like we hit, I think we hit all these questions. Hold on, uh, hold on. We we got one more from, uh, Oh boy. Yeah. We we're, we're, we're almost there. How long do you think Malone sticks with the bench or do you think Brown can take over Reed's spot in that lineup? Oh, and by the way, Uh, that's Fernando Parra. I mean, it lasted two quarters. He already switched the bench. He played small yesterday in the second half. Um, Christian Brown made his, uh, NBA debut. I think he played 17 seconds in the first half. He was a defensive sub, uh, and then he came back out. But <laughs> I, I think Christian Brown is going to have a chance um, sometime within these next few weeks. I think that he's going to get a real look because Davon Reed does not have that spot locked up. I mean, Davon made some just uh, head scratching passes last night when we're talking about those turnovers. 
Um, and I, and you know, I just don't think he does enough to say, well, this is uh, unquestionably your job. Um, and I think Christian Brown is going to Christian Brown is going to push him um, in practice in games. We know he's competitive. We I, I like his approach, um, and, and I like that he's ready. Um, so I think he's going to be a, a contributor sooner rather than later. Uh, and that bench unit, man, we're already in flux. It's the second game, and we're already in flux. Yeah, it did take long. It took what a half, one half. Yes, yes. That's uh, and and just you know, we did have one more non-question. This was from uh, Lucas. Uh, which it's it's Lucas clapped at Lucas clapped trade everyone that, that seems like that might be a little bit of an overreaction I don't know mm, I mean we should have started with that one <laughs> yeah well Mike uh, appreciate you uh, joining me from uh, what, what I'm just assuming is a luxurious hotel in the Tenderloin in, in San Francisco uh, thought we covered a lot of topics here and uh one more game coming up on this roadie uh with uh with the golden state warriors on friday night i believe that's an 8 p.m tip am i right on that uh i haven't checked you you think i like plan ahead man (laughs) i'm on i'm on no sleep wrote late i'm gonna get back for their for their home opener on saturday and you know I mean, my head's going to be spinning. It's un- I might stay. I might just sneak off to Canada by Saturday. Well, well, the home opener is on Saturday night. Uh, Oklahoma City ought to win that game. I would think, right? That that's a that's a winnable game, right there. Of course, it's a winnable game. But we talked about this. They play down to opponents. They struggled last year with the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's winnable true. or not, show me that you care, regardless of opponent. That's what I want to see from this Denver Nuggets team. All right. Thanks to everybody who uh, sent in questions. Love uh, to hear from you. Uh, Love to know somebody's paying attention. Mike, good talking to you. Have fun out there in the Bay. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Turn around. You're living in the shadow of someone.